Okay, Philippians chapter 2. <coughs> Philippians chapter 2. Okay, let's start reading at verse 1. So we'll go over, touch on what we did last week. And then we'll pick it up again. Philippians chapter 2 at the first verse. Okay, stop right there. <clears throat> he says in verse 1, uh, make me happy is what he's saying. Fulfill my joy. I want you to make me happy. Uh, is, does Jesus love you? Well, yeah, of course he does. Uh, do you get along good with God's people? Yeah, we do. All right, so if that's true, I want you to make me happy. I want you to be of the same mind. What does that mean? How would you... If people are of the same mind, they don't argue. So we want to work on don't argue, get along, agree with each other, agree with each other. And he says, let nothing be done through strife. That's arguing, vain, glorious, I'm better than you. All right, so I'm going to argue because I'm better than you. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And so the real word is others. Others. So here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to think, verse 4, look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. So in your learning to get along with people, what he's trying to teach us. It's going to happen if you take better care of others than you do yourself. If you tend to others' needs, if you help other people, if you think that other people are more important than you, others are more important. Does anybody think that way? Naturally, nobody thinks that way. We're all born what? Selfish. selfish. We are all born selfish. We mostly are concerned about what we want, our own things, and that's the natural state of the human mind. The human attitude is selfishness. And so he says, look, 
part of the reason you're arguing and the people in this church are arguing is because you're selfish. You think you're more important. So we're going to try to turn around and think that other people are more important than us. That was last week's lesson. Okay? Levi taught that? Levi taught that. My turn. Verse 5. Okay, so now he said we're going to try to work on this idea of helping us to think about people more important than us. And there's going to be an example of somebody who did that, somebody who was not selfish, all right, and that's going to be Jesus. Jesus was not selfish. He didn't think he was more important. He thought other people were more important. So in the idea of we're going to find an example of somebody who is not selfish, we're going to turn to Jesus. He says, now let this mind be in you or learn to think like Jesus did. All right? This is not easy because it's naturally in us to be selfish. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made, 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 made himself of no, of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of Okay, now, how did Jesus behave in an unselfish way? And that's what he's telling us. He wants you to learn to think like this. He says he was in the form of God, right? But he thought it not robbery to be equal. Now this is a very hard phrase. There's a lot of people who don't understand this phrase. So I'm going to try to make it as plain as I can so that you understand what that means. Because there's a lot of smart people scratch their heads and what does that mean? So, let's go back to Genesis. What happened in Genesis? The world was created. Yeah. Yeah. He created the world, <coughs> heavens, earth, everything was created by Jesus. All right. So, there's a big throne up in heaven, and Jesus is sitting on that throne. And he says, let there be light. And all of a sudden, there's light everywhere. Let there uh, be dry land. And there's huge earthquakes. And the land comes rushing up out of the water. And all of a sudden, 
there's dry land and there never was. It was all underwater. And he says, and this is one I think is cool. Let it all turn green. And there's trees and plants just like that everywhere. That's very impressive, right? That's very impressive. And then he says, fill the oceans with fish. And just like that, there's fish in every ocean, in every lake, everywhere. There's fish everywhere. Fill the sky with birds. And bang, all over the world. It's so very, very impressive. It is also very powerful, isn't it? Did you try making a bird lately? Make a blade of grass. You can't make nothing. I can't make nothing. I have to take something that already exists and form it and try to make something out of it. God just said, I want there to be birds, and bang, there's birds. So very, very powerful. Sitting on a throne, he is the king of heaven. Up there, he's on the throne of heaven, he's a king. So he rules over all the angels, right? Now there's an army, the Bible says there's an army in heaven, and he's the captain of the army. So he runs the armies of heaven. So here's Jesus sitting on a throne up in heaven. Very, very powerful. He can do whatever he wants to do. He rules over all the angels who he, by the way, created. And he's a captain of this army. And this army is so powerful that when he wanted to destroy Egypt, he only sent one guy. You go down and take care of Egypt. And this angel came down and killed every firstborn creature and human in Egypt in one night. These are very, very powerful angels. It only took one to do that. He didn't have to send the army. Yeah, I got this guy. He's a tough hombre. Let him go down there. So Jesus is in charge. He can create and do whatever he wants to do. And he's sitting on the throne. And so... <coughs> he makes humans. Makes humans. People like us. And what do they do? What's the first thing they do? Talked about this morning in church. Adam and Eve, what's the first thing they do? First thing they do is sin. So now, what are you going to do with these humans? They've sinned. They've defied God. They say, we're not going to do what you want. We're going to do what we want. And so they sin and they defy God. And so somebody has to die. There's a rule that runs the universe. The soul that sins shall die. That's a rule. So humans sin, so what do they got to do? They got to die. They got to die. Can't be allowed to live. They violated God's rules. And they said, we're not going to do it. We're going to do what we want to do. So they're going to die. So Jesus, who made them, says, well, what are we going to do for them? So, he's got to 
become human. Why does Jesus have to become human? Scholars, brains, why does Jesus have to become human? Can't he just be God and come down? Why does he have to be human? He's born in a manger, right? Bethlehem's manger. He's born. He's a little human baby. Why does he got to become human? Well. We sin, humans sin, and therefore they had to die. And Jesus said, Tell you what, I'll go die for them. I'm going to die for them in their place. So I'll give myself to die so that they don't have to die. So why does he have to become human? Because God can't die. Can't die. God can never die. It's not possible that God can die. So he takes on a human form. Because I'll go down there and I'll substitute myself and I will die in their place. So think about it. You're the king of heaven. You can make anything you want to make. You run all the angels. You run the armies of heaven. You're sitting on a throne. You are the ultimate power there is. Would you leave it to come down here? Uh-huh. That's a pretty tough question. But they said to Jesus, the Father said to Jesus, well, would you go down and die for him? You'll have to become a human so you can die. But would you do that? And he said, sure, I'll do it. He didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. Or in other words, he said, I'm sitting on the throne of heaven. I'm God. I'm equal to God. I am God. But I don't mind leaving it behind. It's not robbery like somebody stealing something for me, I don't feel that way. I can leave heaven and I can go down there and die. For who? For others. Did he have to come down and die? Didn't have to. Why did he? John 3.16 says what? Come on, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his son to die. So, Jesus, because he's thinking of others, says, well, I'll go down and I'll die for him. Is he going to leave heaven and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah, I'll go down and I'll do that. So here's where it gets fascinating. Says he made himself of no reputation. 
So, if the king of heaven is going to come down here, you think, well, he might as well be the king of earth, right? He should be, right? He run the place better than anybody else ever did. He should be the king if he comes down here. After all, he's the king of heaven. Why not come down and run the whole planet? What did he do? He's born in a in a barn. He is a carpenter by trade. He grows up in this town called Nazareth. And when people hear when he grows up, and they say he grew up in Nazareth, they go, <laughs> nothing good ever came out of that place. And so he said he made himself of no reputation. He said, when I go down there, I will not be famous. I will not be famous. I'm going to go down and be just like that. Made himself with no reputation. Took on himself the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. So here's the king of heaven who runs the armies of heaven. He's down there making tables and chairs for people to sit in. He's a carpenter. What does he do? Well, he eats just like we do. He gets hungry. How do we know he was hungry? The Bible said he was hungry. I will say he got hungry. He got tired. You wouldn't think Jesus would ever get tired. He said, you get tired. He was sleeping in the boat when the storm came. He's walking just, he walks everywhere he goes. You'd think he'd have a horse. Be a big shot now. He just walks along. He's so plain and so not famous that nobody can figure out who he is. They said, well, it can't be God. He's just a guy. He's a plain old guy. And so he decided, I will not be famous when I go down. I'm going to be just like them and just like humans. And then he said, verse 8, being found in fashion as a man, he looked like a man, acted like a man, lived like a man. He humbled himself. So he's already not famous. Now he's going to go a little lower, and he's actually going to humble Himself. What does it mean to humble yourself? What does it mean to be humble? It's the definition of humble. It's the definition of humble. To not think of yourself as highly important. Yeah. This is what. Right? Other people are more important than you. That means you're humble. You don't say, well, you know, I'm smarter than that. You know, I'm better at what I do than they are. No, no, no. What do you say? I'm going to let myself be way down low, humble. I don't look down on people. I just treat them the way they ought to be treated. So he said, I'm going to humble myself. Now, when he humbled himself, wow. It says, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So, if you die on a cross, you die on a cross, what does that mean? 
You walk by anybody and they're hanging on a cross. Why are they there? They're criminals. They're probably the scum of the earth. They don't crucify good people, right? They crucify bad people. People on the other side, the one side and the other side of Jesus were guilty of murder. They killed somebody. Barabbas, who got away that day, was guilty of murder. And so the cross, if you're hanging on a cross, everybody thinks what? You're a criminal. You're a criminal. Well, if you're hanging on a cross, you must be a criminal. And so Jesus said, I'll go low. And so he's sentenced to die on a cross. And tell me some of the things they did to him. Beat him. They pulled his beard. What else did they do? Made fun of him. What else did they do? They punched him in the face. Then they punched him in the face. What else did they do? I think it's one of the worst things. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They did one more thing. They did it quite a bit. They spit on him. They spit on his face. They spit on his beard. Anybody want anybody to do that to you? Nobody wants to be spit on, right? That's the worst thing you can think of. They spit all over. So, here's the king of heaven. And he says, I'll come down here. I won't be famous. I'll just live a human life. And it's okay. I don't mind. I don't think somebody stole something from me. I'll come down here and live like a human. And then he's going to humble himself lower than just a human being, a carpenter. Now he looks like a criminal. And he's treated like a criminal as they hang him on the cross who did what wrong? He didn't do anything wrong ever. He's the only human in human history who never did anything wrong. And now they're going to nail him to a cross after they beat him and pull his beard, make fun of him, punch him in the face, and spit on him. And he did that for other people. Not for himself, that for you and me. He did that for you and me. So, if there ever was an example of somebody who did, who thought that other people were more important, Jesus is it. So I'm going to go down and die for those people. And so, <clears throat> he hangs on a cross, and he's dying. And he says, my God, my God, what? Why hast thou forsaken me? Why did you forsake me? Why did God forsake him?
He's hanging on a cross. He's dying for sins. Whose sin? His own? Ours. Ours. All of ours. Matter of fact, every sin that was ever committed. So some horrible murder where a guy goes in a store and shoots everybody up. Some criminal thing where awful things happen. Places like the concentration camps in Germany where they just burn people up for the fun of it. Stab people to death. Uh, pour gas on them and lit them on fire. Those, all those horrible things. He's dying on the cross for every sin that's ever committed. And God looks down at him. The Father looks down at him from heaven and sees his son hanging on a cross, dying. And he turns his head away. Why? Because there's a lot of bad things put on Jesus when he's on the cross. God turned his head away. So how far down did he go? He went a long ways down, didn't he? He didn't just leave heaven and come to earth. He did that. He chose not to be famous, a plain one, and then he said he's going to go lower than that. He's going to humble himself until he ends up on the cross and people walk by and say, he must be a criminal. That's what they did. They must be he's a criminal. He wouldn't be crucified. So that's a lot of bad things that happened to Jesus, right? <clears throat> now, let's get down to business. Verse 9. treated him, they treated him like a criminal. They went way beyond that. They didn't just treat him like a criminal. They hated him. They treated him because they hated him. Punching him in the face, pulling his, they put a blindfold on him, punch him in the face and say, you're a prophet, who hit you? They did a lot of bad things. And God is watching. And Peter when they come to arrest Jesus, he says, we can't let you be arrested. And he pulls out a sword and he swings it and he cuts the ear off of one of the guys that came to get him. He says, I've got to defend Jesus. Can't let it go. And Jesus says, if I wanted to, I could call ten legions of angels right now and destroy the entire human population if that's what I wanted to do. He's a captain in the armies of the Lord of hosts. He runs that army up there. He says, all I got to do is say, let's go. And they would come down here and the human race would cease to be. Ten legions of angels. All right? And that's, I think, 10,000. 10,000 angels, the legion is a thousand, it's 10,000 angels. 
I can say, hey, I've had it with this abuse, come and get him. He could have done that, and he didn't. He just went and he humbled himself, and then he died for the human race. So God the Father said, you know, he went through an awful lot, making sure that other people were more important than he was. He lived for other people. The ultimate example of what it means to live for other people. And so God the Father said, I'll tell you what, nobody's ever going to treat him like that again, ever. They are not going to treat my son like that ever again. One time he came, one time he died. If you ever treat him like that again, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give him a name. A special name, a highly exalted name, so that people in heaven, all the people in heaven who already knew him as their king, are now going to look at him as higher than that. And all the people on earth better recognize that he is higher than he was before. He's been highly exalted. And when he says under the earth, he's talking about hell. All the people in hell. So everybody in heaven and in hell and on the earth is going to understand and make sure it's clear in your mind that he's number one and don't you ever try that again. So when he humbled himself, he was teaching us by example that others are more important. He really did it. That's why he's the ultimate example. And so if we can get in our mind that other people are more important than us and serve other people that way, then they're going to be doing the same mind, think like Jesus did. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to grasp. All right? But Jesus really went the full thing to accomplish what he wanted to do. And so God said, I'm giving him a name above every name that every knee shall bow. All right? In heaven, where he's always been the king, every knee bows to him there. If you're in hell and you're stuck there forever and ever, there's no question who's in charge. It wasn't you. And it wasn't Satan. God was in charge. You rejected him, you didn't want him, so you're down in hell and you're bowing your knee too because it was pretty clear that he was in charge all the time and you messed up big time. Now what's left? People on earth. Does every knee of everybody on earth bow down to Jesus now? Not by a long shot. So what did he mean when he said, every knee shall bow? Well, there's coming a day when if people hate God, if people think Jesus is nothing, if they would spit on him again today, there's coming a day when their knee is going to bow. All right? You will either bow to him now 
as your Savior, or you'll bow to him later as your judge. You're going to bow to him one way or the other. He said, every knee is going to bow. I hate Jesus. Well, the day's coming when he's going to be right there. And he says, I'm your judge. I've been watching your life. And we'll see how it comes out here. It doesn't come out at all. You're not going to make it. If he's your judge and you've rejected him, he's in charge. God put him in charge of judging the whole earth. So you can bow to him now and be your king or savior. Or you can wait and do it your own time. But you're going to bow one way or the other. So God said, I'll let you go. I'll let you die for these people because you're so concerned about them. And it's more important to you that you save them than that you save yourself. I'm going to let that happen. And one time. And never again. Never again. And so... We learn from this passage that Jesus was very unselfish, left behind all this stuff in heaven, left it behind, went down, was abused, and finally humbled, and he died, but he won our salvation, but now he commands the respect of every living thing. And either they'll give it to him, or they'll die. Okay? It's a very powerful passage. Not easy to understand always. But do you get it? Do you get it? Jesus did what? He did what? He was unselfish. That's what the passage is about. Started out last week, don't be selfish, you'll learn to get along better. Here's an example of it, Jesus was unselfish. Now, there's going to be three more examples in the chapter of unselfish people and what they did. So you say, I can't do what Jesus did. No, you can't, neither can I. But there's some other examples coming up that help you understand how you can be unselfish. Good, thank you.